Well, we've been talking about the opioid epidemic and how serious it is. And we had so much good content and, and um, information on our last podcast. Uh, we had to push it over to a part two. And so on this episode, we're going to continue the conversation with two brothers in Christ, Nick and Ryan, who are opioid champions that are helping us with the movement of this epidemic to, to bring hope and healing and resources as we point them to Jesus in the ministry of Celebrate Recovery with some extra tools to help people that might be in that uh, really difficult spot. So uh, on this episode, we're going to continue the conversation with our brothers talking about the opioid epidemic. Welcome to Hope and Recovery, a Fellowship Celebrate Recovery podcast that shares hope and healing for our mental, spiritual, emotional, and relational journey through life change stories and recovery topics, all centered around Jesus Christ and the Celebrate Recovery principles uh, based on Matthew chapter 5, where he helps us to courageously face our hurts, hangups, and habits, and even our relational struggles so that we can walk in the newness of life as he intended for us. I'm a grateful believer in Jesus Christ. I struggle with drugs and alcohol and perfectionism. My name is Rodney. I'm the pastor, uh, leader of Celebrate Recovery at Fellowship Rogers Celebrate Recovery. And um, so glad to be back with you again today. And hey, thanks for sharing this. Thank you for the reviews and sharing this with other people that might not be a part of Celebrate Recovery. You never know who might need to hear this message. So we're grateful for your support in that. And as always, send us your ideas for new future topics. Uh, we'd love to, to scratch the itch of what uh, you're uh, wrestling with. But continuing the conversation today with Nick and Ryan, uh, uh, their ministry leaders in their local ministry, uh, but also uh, opioid champions that are helping get this message out to educate us, to give us the resources uh, to help people on the local level become champions of this, uh, this epidemic. So going to continue part two of this conversation with Nick and Ryan. Uh, I want to turn the corner, guys. Uh, Nick, I want to come back over to you, man. And we're, we're kind of throwing out a lot of information here and uh, really stoic uh, story, stoic uh, reality of the weight of this. If I'm listening and know where I'm at and I, and I don't know what to do with this, how, what's some kind of steps that I can take um, as as a leader in my community, a part of my church, my Celebrate Recovery, how can I get involved? What would be some practical things that you would give to our listeners on how I can get involved in this process, man? So specifically to Opioid Champions, um, we have a process set up for getting involved. Um, for uh, this conversation, um, the easiest way to do that would be to email uh, opiatechampions at gmail.com and then we would be able to reach out to you and, and get you set up with all the tools that you need um, but if you're if you're on a local level and you're you're not maybe uh, looking to become an opioid champion or um, things of that nature but you're looking for resources on what do I do or how do I get these um, medications or the naloxone uh, that prevents or re uh, reverses the over opioid overdoses, how do I do that? Um, the best answer that I can give you is uh, contact your local health department. Your local health department and your behavioral uh, health counselors there are going to be able to point you in the right direction. Uh, they offer training 
they also offer um, resources um, and um, depending on what state you're in, um, they will give you the naloxone or Narcan as it's more readily uh, known mm -hmm. uh, to be called uh, to you uh, so that you can have a safe place for your uh, community. Yeah. So I'd love to unpack that a little bit. So give me a picture because, and I've seen this, we've done that here at our church. When you say uh, offer training, kind of paint a picture. What what are they doing? So you, you call them and say, hey, we want to we want to do a training. What are we training for? And and what's that look like practically? If I'm if I'm a leader in my church, and I say, okay, I want to do a training. What am I? What am I training for? Can you just paint a picture for our listeners that may have never done that, Nick? Sure. So we're training um, specifically for the opioid overdoses. Um, so if you called your local municipality and they came out and, and did a training, or and you had um, a congregation set up or a group of people. Uh, that are, we're going to be trained, they're going to train you on what to look for, prevention techniques, um, how to administer the naloxone or Narcan as it's, like I said, it's more readily uh, known, um, and um, what, what to do, because it's a crisis, it's an emergency. So they're basically, it's kind of like CPR, where if you're taking CPR training, they're taking, telling you how to bring somebody back who may have fallen down or, or whatever, and how to resuscitate them. You're doing the same thing for that opioid uh, and, and how to uh, resuscitate that person. So th that's pretty much the gist of the training. Um, for a large um, trainings, uh, there, there are definitely PowerPoints and things of that nature that we use as tools. Um, do definitely do questions and answers, um, and, and at an individual level, you can train someone on how to administer, um, or, um, for the beginning, uh, to, to see that someone's having an overdose and then how to take action and what to do. Yeah. So Nick, and I mean, whoever wants to answer this, I think, I think one thing that would be good for me, and maybe you can speak, you guys, you guys are killing it out there. I mean, you're, you're getting the word out. You're doing, you're, you're doing amazing things. I wonder if you could speak into, cause uh, it seems like there's some, and maybe I'm wrong. You guys correct me if I'm wrong. Are there fears out there in, for church leaders in, in having these Narcan kits and uh, what are some of the things that you've run into as you're talking to church leaders? And if there's nothing, that's fine. We can move on. But are there some, are you finding some common fears and maybe we can debunk those fears for church leaders that might be hesitant to have these, or maybe there's a stigma attached to it that you've had to educate people. What, what are some of those stigmas or fears that you've run across that, that might be a barrier or a blockade from people embracing this and maybe even learning how to and, and having some kits available in case this happens? What, what have you run into in that, that space? I've definitely run into this. So a lot of um, churches or even businesses, um, they, they may not want the Narcan in their buildings, or they may not want it um, just because of the stigma. And the stigma is that 
no, um, you know, Dr. John from down the street who attends our church could never do that. We don't have anybody at our church that's an opioid addict. Well, the, the reality is you do. And, um, you know, prevention is the way to keep that person alive. Um, and so I think that's one of the biggest hurdles is, is um, the awareness part of it and prevention. Um, and getting those tools into people's hands instead of them saying, you know, I only want a case which holds 12, you know, uh, I'm like, no, take 10 cases because you never know. Yeah. Having too much is not definitely not a bad thing. For sure. I, w- I want to take a quick break here. And when we come back, um, I, I want to kind of lean into to kind of turn the corner on, and we're kind of addressing, kind of putting some statistics out there here and the impact on family members. I want to turn the corner and, and really lean into, you know, what do we do with this information? How do we get involved? How can I, on a local level, no matter where I'm listening from across the globe, how can I get involved? And so we're going to turn the corner and ask these guys um, how, how we can do that practically. So stick with us. We'll be right back as we continue the conversation with Nick and Ryan. Hey, friends, if you're looking for a meeting, uh, please don't hesitate. Don't face your hurts, hangups, and habits on your own. You can join us every Friday night at Fellowship Fayetteville, Fellowship Rogers, Celebrate Recovery, every Friday night at 7 p.m. We do have a Connection Cafe meal at 6 p.m. if you'd like to join us then. But come see us. It's a great night of encouragement and truth to help us on our road uh, to recovery. Go to fellowshipcr.org for more information and join us. Don't face this alone. Fellowshipcr.org. And Ryan, maybe you can answer this. Um, again, I'm just firing things out that, that might be some obstacles, right? Just so we can help people to educate people. Uh, w- one of those things that, that um, yeah, I'm going to let you answer it without me answering it in the form of a question. But so, so one of those things that can be one of those stigmas, kind of the stigma has many layers of a definition. And Ryan, maybe you can speak to this being a personal struggle here to the person that says, you know, if we have this and they're, they're continuing to use and, and that kind of deal, uh, it feels like we're enabling them. We're keeping them stuck in that. We're giving them license to keep doing what they're doing. Uh, Ryan, what would you say to that to to uh, bring some clarity and some education to someone that might might be in that mindset that that we're enabling by using Narcan on someone that uh, could be overdosing? Big softball on this one. Huh? <laughs> um, you know, that is a big stigma that we deal with. And, and we've talked a lot about this from the beginning, which is just that, um, you know, we're going to, you know, everybody has to make their own mind up on this subject. And I'm not going to try to make it for somebody, but for me personally, um, I want to save somebody's life until God brings their heart to a place where they're ready to save their own, hmm. right? Where they're ready to 
step into the right decisions. Um, you know, that's me. I mean, we just, I just shared my story. I mean, Narcan saved my life on the way to the hospital. You know, um, I actually also had another overdose that I did not share about that was not nearly as severe, but I was in the hospital and Narcan completely saved my life, uh, with that one. And, you know, I just think that, uh, you know, if, when you have that stigma and that perspective, listen to my story, you know, uh, there's so many stories out there of how God can come to someone's heart and life and change them. And they can impact the world and in amazing ways and, and give back and serve, you know, uh, the big one for me is celebrate recovery. But yeah, I think, uh, um, it's sad is that we're going after the one more, right. Um, You know, and I I know that's difficult. I understand that uh, it's hard when they see somebody that's overdosing and getting saved and overdosing and getting saved, um, especially with the process. But, um, yeah, in my heart, I think, uh, you know, I'm going to keep trying to save the one more. I'm going to keep saving the one more until they're ready. Yeah. Yeah, that's so important. And I think, and yeah, it kind of a, it's just an important thing. It can feel... um, yeah, well, that of course, of course, you want to save a life. I mean, every life, every soul matters, right? Um, but, but I'm just thinking about if if we had a if we had a video footage of you in that life, Ryan, we probably would not recognize that guy compared to the guy that's sitting here. <laughs> and and I think it's just it's good. To, of course, of course, we wouldn't recognize that guy. But that's really in all areas of recovery, right? I mean, we we look at the old, the old is gone, the new has come, and the new is here. If if I if I took a snapshot of Ryan's life then, it'd be easy to say, easy for me to say, well, he must not really want to be free. He must not really want to walk in freedom. But knowing you were just sick in that space, and that's so important that that that, you know, that's, that's why we need Jesus. That's why we have celebrate recovery. We're trying to create a safe space to find the help the lost, uh, be found the blind to see again, spiritually, that, that whole thing. And so it's easy to, to, to look at the old cover and say, make a judgment, but just be mindful of that. The next Ryan and again, I know many of you don't know who Ryan is. Um, probably after this, you'll probably know more about him uh, and know of him. Uh, Nick is the same way. I mean, all of our recovery stories are that way. But if if you could see and just have the hope that one day maybe a Ryan of today could come out of that muck, man, it's worth it. And if, if we got to go through some ups and downs to get you there, let's do it. And if it keeps you alive, and I love the way you said that, um, yeah, until they want to live, right? To keep them alive until they want to live. And, and, and you were in a space where you were in a hard space, and, and thank God that you are here today. So to me, it's that hope of holding on to, uh, they may not know uh, what the future holds, but God does. And we just do our part. It's not our place to judge. We just do our part, holding up their arms when they can't do it themselves, as somebody did for you, Ryan. I praise God that somebody uh, did that. So, so Nick, back to you, man. Um, you mentioned the resources. Is there a particular type of Narcan? Because I know there's different kinds, like um, in there, like nasal spray. I, I mean, is there one that you have found? 
or does it matter? Is there one that you found have found that is a better uh, resource or is there ones that are free and ones that are not? I mean, are you kind of boxed in? You got to go with this kind because they're free or tell me about that. Are there different kinds and what's that look like? Sure. So there's, there are different kinds. There's different, there's different brands, but it's all the same medication. It's naloxone, which is the medication, which was, um, uh, approved by the government for use in 1971. It's been around for a very long time. Um, prior to nowadays and now technology, it was, uh, a shot that was given to you. Now uh, it is a nasal spray. It looks just like a uh, any any other Afrin. over the counter Afrin, yeah, or you know Flonase or whatever. Um, and uh, but yeah, the so the number one brand is Naloxone or I'm sorry Narcan. Um, it is the most widely used. It's the most widely seen. It's the it's the one that people know of, they don't necessarily know Meloxone, but they do know Narcan. Um, it is, it's becoming super readily available. It's over the counter. Um, it is also being put in vending machines uh, where it's free um, in many states. Now the laws are different in each state, which is uh, kind of uh, hard to, you know, put into words here in, in this conversation, but um it, it, it is out there for everybody, and it is the best one that we know of is uh, Narcan. Now it uh, comes in a box, small, it has two doses in it. Um, and like I was saying earlier, having too much is, is never a bad thing because uh, the fentanyl that's coming into our country and taking such a grip right now, um, it is taking multiple boxes of the Narcan to revive the person. Um, so, uh, definitely having it and, and having enough of it is key. Yeah. So can you speak to this, Nick? Uh, um, and I'm loving this conversation. I'm just imagining, uh, just if we can educate people, uh, there's a competence and a confidence that comes with that, that will help me to take that step forward that I need to. But, you know, what, what are some of the things, um, just even thinking back the first time you had to administer this to someone, uh, I'm assuming you guys have done that. What, what were the things, uh, I'm just trying to check in with the heart of the, the administrator, right? It's like, Oh my gosh, what am I doing? I, and, and just the angst that can come with that. I'm kind of scary. I mean, we have to, we have to be honest about it. It's, it's scary to see somebody overdosing in front of us. What, what were some of the things that were coming up for you in that space? And maybe, maybe some words of encouragement to kind of process the, the angst and, and the emotions that come with that on that side of it that will keep me present with that person. Uh, maybe you could speak into that from your personal experience. And, and on the other side of that, um, you know, what, what were you sitting now with that? Okay. So yeah, it is it is scary when somebody is overdosing. Um, you you may see them nodding out to begin with, but their lips are going to turn blue, their fingernails are going to turn blue. Like Ryan said, his face was turning blue, um, and that's from the lack of oxygen. And 
trying to bring somebody back and after even after you've been trained um and the first thing that we do number one of course is call 911 but number two is we take our hand like this and we do a sternal rub, like right here on your chest, real hard. And if that doesn't wake you up, you're, that person is out because mm-hmm. that hurt. Yeah. Um, and doing the nasal injection, um, once you administer the nasal injection, um, there's a period of time in between when you do the first and the second. And if that person doesn't snap out of it within the first minute, you know, our, it's actually going to be really quick. They're going to snap out of it because what happens in the brain is the, the dopamine uh, that's stuck to the receptors is going to get displaced and that naloxone is going to get in the middle of it and it's going to wake that person up. It's going to stop that. Hmm. Um, but if they don't wake up off of the first dose, you're supposed to wait up to a minute and a half. And that minute and a half is going to be eternity when you're watching somebody who looks like they're dead, well, they are dead, you know? Um, and then if you wait another minute and a half, and if that doesn't bring them back, you wait another minute and a half. Yeah. Yeah. You're wait. you're waiting to, to make sure they're in a, yeah, go ahead. Sorry. I cut you off. It's okay. Um, but yeah, you definitely need to make sure that you're prepared for it because yeah. it's scary. Yeah. Yeah. And I just, I guess I just, and I love that you're giving us such great stuff. And a lot of this stuff is going to be covered if you get someone to come in and train. So don't be overwhelmed if you're hearing this going, wait, what do you say? What, what do I, what do I do? <laughs> the training is going to help you. But, but it would really just want you to hear, I mean, in recovery, sometimes it's really messy, right? And, and we can do one of two things. One, we can, bury our head in the sand and act like it's not there. We do this when we're having conversations around suicidal ideation, right? It's like it doesn't happen very often, but when it does, um, it can be scary. Uh, But if I can equip you so that you feel confident, then you got a better chance of leaning into that rather than running from it. I mean, Ryan, I'm thinking about uh, just people leaving her uh, by herself uh, probably just freaked out. Right. And I mean, not that that's right, but what we want you to do is instead of abandoning them and leaving them alone is to lean into it and honor that this is scary because this is a life we're talking about, but what you're doing, if we can give you competence and confidence, you can lean into that. And these tools uh, can help uh, get this person back to a safe space where they can do the recovery work that that we're trying to do in celebrate recovery. So, just wanted to honor the 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 emotions that can come up. So, if you feel anxiousness, if you feel fear, welcome to the human race. It, it's okay, um, but you're what you're doing is a very important thing, and uh, that's why the training uh, can be so essential. But well. So let me, uh, as we kind of turn the corner here and wrapping up, guys, I mean, just thinking about both sides of this, uh, somebody that is is on the fence, maybe they've been hearing about this and it's like, ah, but that, I don't know, you know, you know, the, you know, getting the training, uh, what would you say to them or, and, or uh, the other side of this, somebody is in the middle of um, battling opioid addiction, Right. And they're listening. Maybe somebody shared this. I hope somebody shared this with you, especially if you're struggling. Um, maybe 
maybe Nick, why don't you speak to the person that may be on the side of getting the training? And then Ryan, I'd love to hear from you an encouragement that you might say to that person that might be in the middle of it, uh, in the addiction itself. So Nick, let's start with you, man. What would you, what word of encouragement would you give to that person that um, may be on the fence about uh, taking the steps to even just get the training, uh, let alone uh, trying to figure out how to be a champion in their community? What, what word of encouragement would you give them? I would just say it's, I mean, in all, in all realness, it's, it's no different than helping somebody that would be having a heart attack that you come across, um, CPR, um, you walk into somebody who's having a stroke. I mean, it's, it's being a human and, um, taking care of your fellow humans. Hmm. You know, I think that's the big aspect of it. Taking the training is easy. Um, being strong. And if you do encounter that situation, be, be strong and be diligent and, and make sure, you know, bring that, bring that person back because that person, no matter what they're doing, they didn't want to die. Yeah. Yeah. Good word, man. And give me that email one more time. Nick. Is it opioid champions at Gmail? Okay. Opioid champions with an S at gmail.com. If you, if you want to get involved in your community to help us with this movement in your community, because it's going to take people on the local level. We're, we're talking about global and regional level. We want you to uh, help us on a local level be a champion, really a champion ministry. We want the ministries to be champion of this uh, epidemic. So uh, Ryan, give me a word of encouragement. The listener, uh, they're listening. They hear my voice right now, and they're in the middle of this addiction you know, the shame that comes with that and just uh, all the fear and all the angst that comes with that. What's something that you would, uh, what's some words you would give that person that's in the middle of it um, struggling with this uh, addiction, man? Oh, um, I guess, you know, I would say to them that, um, you know, I've been there. I have uh, experienced what it's like to feel completely mastered by opioids and feel there's no power left in yourself to get away or stop. And there's that there, I have felt that, that there's no hope that I'm not getting out. But um, I would just tell them that, you know, um, I've, only been, I'm, I've almost been sober for 10 years now. I love my life. I love what I do. I love my family. Um, God has blessed my life, even through all the mistakes, everything I've done wrong, everything you think that separates you, um, from everybody else that nobody's as bad as me or, you know, it's, it's just not true. There's so many people out there that have gone through what you're going through and, you know, um, celebrate recovery is an amazing and awesome resource to find healing and hope and community. Um, so I know that's what I needed. Yeah, well said, and uh, congrats on uh, your sobriety, brother. Um, guys, I just love you to death, and I thank you for uh, just your passion. Thank you for your hearts and and um, ongoing uh, diligence to help get the message out uh, to people. I know our listeners are blessed, and I thank you for what you guys uh, are doing on a, a local level. We We love you guys. 
Well, I hope this has been uh, beneficial for you. What, what incredible guys these are and uh, such good stuff. And I hope it's prompted some uh, courage and some strength, some prompting in your heart to do something with this. And uh, again, if you want more information uh, globally with this, um, just go opioidchampions at gmail.com or you can connect with your ministry leader and ask questions and they can get connected with, uh, with a state representative to learn more about that so that we can figure out how to do better with this on a local level so that we can help people in this area of recovery so that we can save more lives and help them find Jesus and ultimately their purpose. Hey, don't face this alone. If you're in the middle of the struggle or you're on the other side of it and you want to find a ways to help, join us on a Friday nights. Uh, Fellowship Fayetteville, Fellowship Rogers, fellowshipcr.org is, a, is for more information. But thanks for being with us today. I hope you'll join us next time. Until then, God bless.